0: Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Della and this week we have a story from cartoonist and graphic novelist Bruce Wang. How's your week going? This episode is going out later than usual because I have been dealing with a dental emergency. There's been a lot of pain, there's been some surgery, and I couldn't actually talk very well until now. In fact, I probably have a little bit of a lisp. Boy, you do have a lisp when you say lisp, don't you? But I probably am going to, you know, sound a little different until everything is healed. Right now, my jaw looks like I've stored a bunch of walnuts in it. And I'm on antibiotics. So the backstory is, I had a bridge put in in my 20s back when I lived in Atlanta. I vaguely remember going to the doctor. I remember a tooth being extracted and they said, The smartest thing to do is just to put a bridge over it. We're going to have to kind of do a lot of damage to the two teeth on either side of it. But the tooth that we extracted will be almost like it's there. This is before dental implants became the thing you do. And so it's been in my mouth this whole time until six months ago or something like that, when my friend Alexis, who is an incredible baker and who makes fantastic cakes, you may have seen the Jack in the Box birthday cake that she made me. I loved that thing so much. Well, a friend of ours who's a sex party producer was having a birthday and she made him this gooey, pervy birthday cake. It looked like exploding orgasms and you know, white cake frosting shooting into (laughs) shooting and running down the sides. But it also had these hard candy, white chocolate vaginas all the way around the cake as decorations. Well, I didn't get to go to the birthday party, but when I got to Alexis's house to hang out shortly thereafter, she said, I saved a piece of the birthday cake for you. So I got really excited. The Tupperware was in my hand. She handed me a fork. We're sitting together on the couch catching up. And I'm about my third bite in, when I bite into something really hard. It was a vagina. And we sat there in shock as suddenly this giant piece of dental equipment fell out of my mouth. The bridge had broken on the vagina because that's the kind of story I like to tell. I went back, I got an emergency dental appointment, they cemented it in place, and they said, you should know this might last six days, this might last six months, but um, it's going to probably need to be replaced at some point. Then I went in to the dentist and I got a dental plan, and the dental plan was like, here's a lot of dental stuff that you need. And um, the bridge isn't top of the list right now, so we'll get to it eventually well apparently the bridge didn't like that because the bridge has decided to particularly over the last month get worse and worse and worse (laughs) and i started taking i looked online what do you do for dental pain and it said the equivalent of an opioid would be a thousand milligrams of acetaminophen and 400 milligrams of ibuprofen taken together does that sound like a lot of pain reliever It does. Does it do anything for pain? Well, it helped for a little while, but I can tell you my stomach did not like it. In fact, I spent a day about a week ago trying to get something into my stomach before I took the pills, took the pills and ended up throwing up in the bushes outside of a Jamba juice. It's not a good look. So finally, I couldn't take it anymore. And when would that be? It really got bad 4th of July weekend. No dentists were available. My regular dentist wasn't calling me back. It turned out there were layoffs. And so I called a bunch of friends and eventually found someone who recommended someone who recommended someone else who could fit me in on Saturday to look at it. So on Saturday, 4th of July weekend, they get in there and they're like, wow, wow, this bridge really has to come out now. The tooth underneath is abscessed. It looks terrible. And they said, well, we don't do that, but we're going to send you to the dentist across the hall. Well, I'm pretty pissed about the fact that the dentist across the hall tried to upsell me on a bunch of stuff like, why don't we just put some implants where that tooth was taken out, you know, in your 20s. We can fill that spot too. Let's just put a bunch of implants in your mouth. And when I got the bill, which was more than 10 times what I would have paid at the dental clinic I had usually gone to, what could I do? I mean I was in so much pain that thing had to get out and so I paid for it and the the real thing is they don't want to give you pain meds so you can hear the cracking and the breaking in your jaw and good luck with that go take some ibuprofen and I'm like no my stomach can't do it anymore and they're like well good luck so I have been in a lot of pain I've had a swollen jaw I haven't been able to talk but swelling is actually finally starting to go down and I'm really excited about that I'm not excited about what's next which is now there's a hole in my jaw and we have to figure out what to do next and I'm going to see if I can figure out how to do an implant if you've ever had any experience with medical tourism and going to another country for stuff like this I'd love to hear from you body storytelling at gmail because I don't know how to do this And I have so much dental work that needs to be done. There's no way I can do it in San Francisco. It's insane here. So thanks in advance for your patience till this episode came out. And thanks for any advice you have for me on dental care. I was already going to a dental clinic. The dental clinic somehow seemed to have its graduation and everything happened at the same time. And they're like, well, if you have an emergency this week, you're kind of shit out of luck. And I was. But I don't want to go back to the implant doctor and I got to figure out something soon. So and this is the Dixie Ramble where I ramble. And as I like to say, I I ask people all the time because when I ask them what they like about the podcast, you know, usually they're like, whatever you do, don't fuck with the Dixie Ramble. and I don't really understand why people like this part. It's not really a story, it's just me digressing all over the place. And the news isn't good. I mean, this week we talked about my abscess tooth, but I got an email the other day. And if you ever wonder why I read the fan mail that comes in, I want you to realize that, you know, when I look at the stats, the podcast does really well. It's like the top 1%, maybe even better than that of podcasts. We're coming up on 5 million downloads, but it's me talking to you and I really like it when you talk to me. So when you talk to me, I read those letters on the air so that y'all can realize, oh, I had a thought like that or I feel completely different. I should contact Dixie and I should talk to her. I wanna keep it coming, I really wanna hear from you. So I'm gonna read you an email that I got from Most Exalted a day or two ago. Dear Dixie, it's a late shift at work where I, in my infinite stupidity, decided to become a nurse shortly before my 40th birthday. It's been a difficult, weird few years for everyone, of course, and I know you felt it too. Listening to your opening introductions and monologues has been a comfort even when things were bleak on both sides of our headphones. I think maybe because I realized collectively everyone is sharing similar miseries and we were all doing what we could to push through. Right now I'm waiting with one of my most suicidal patients since I'm now waiting to pass my board examination. I've been in this role for over a year now and it's been tiring. I realize this is a dismal way to start a fan letter but I think that's part of what's always drawn me to storytelling. Being able to acknowledge the mundane injustice of being alive sometimes and talking about the pieces of life that exist between the high points we celebrate or retell or these days post about on social media. I think you must know by now how important you are for the work that you do, but just in case you ever forget, you're amazing. Thanks for creating this for all of us malcontents, orphans, misfits, adventurers, caretakers, lovers, gurus, et al. Sorry if that's maybe overwrought, but my self-editing is so shit at three in the morning and I don't have a better way to put it. Hoping to get my storytelling skills strengthened so I can one day contribute that way. Hoping to get a little bit of a pay bump where I can get my license so I can contribute in other ways. Although I did send you a little gift on direct.me. I hope it got to you. But in the meantime, I can at least let you look at some photos on my Instagram if you ever want a distraction. And they included the Instagram for most exalted. I love to hear you laugh in the background of the recordings in these stories. And I hope you can find a little joy every day. Thank you, Most Exalted. It means so much to picture you in the middle of the night taking care of somebody who's suffering, doing what you can to make the world a better place, listening to me. (laughs) I'm often baffled by why people care. I mean, I, I feel the same way about performance. Why would people get on stage to share their life? And at the same time, it is my life to put those people on stage. I should be more self-aware, but I'm not, (laughs) but it means so much to get a picture of where you are when you listen, what episodes stand out to you, what you love and what you want more of so that I can give you that because it's me sitting in a room with a senior St. Bernard staring at me wondering why I'm talking to myself most of the time. You talking to me, that makes this podcast better. That gives you more of what you want. And that's what I'm all about. I'm a pleaser. I want to give you more of what you want. So thank you for that fan letter. It meant a lot to me to get it the other day. I woke up, had my coffee, read it, it up, and kept going. Letters like that keep me going. So if you want to send me one, I'd love that too. But in the meantime, thank you for that letter, Most Exalted. If you're a smoker, I want you to know I care about your health and i'd love to see you quit. I grew up in the country where everyone around me smoked. My mother smoked for a lot of her life, and i watched my grandmother struggle with emphysema. I watched them battle their addiction. And quitting is tough. I know that. But Fume really can help. Fume is a natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and more natural way to quit cigarettes. It's a no-smoke no vape, and no nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit of smoking. Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers and uses cores infused with plant oils studied to curb cravings. They have flavors like peppermint and conquer with minty notes to simulate menthol cigarettes and other flavors like cozy chai have a sweeter experience. And all of their flavors are 100% natural, no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who've tried everything, and what worked for them was fume. When you think of all the places that don't allow smoking, from airplanes to restaurants and more, fume could help you make your life simpler. Whether you're a smoker or ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, or you have someone in your life that you wish would quit, Fume is the perfect tool for them. So why don't you head to breathefume.com Dixie or use promo code D-I-X-I-E to save 10% off your entire order at Fume. That's 10% off your entire order when you head to B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M.com slash Dixie or use the code Dixie and quit naturally with Fume. Body Storytelling has monthly shows, and those shows have themes. Do you ever wonder where the themes come from? They come from my curiosity. Sometimes I want answers, and the easiest way to do it is I learn through story. So I set a theme, and then people answer that question with their stories. So this month's theme, the show is going to be on Friday, July 22nd, is One of Us, I mean, you may have noticed that because I live in San Francisco, some of our stories are a little wild. And do you ever wonder how people decide that they want to go to, you know, what I call a level 11 story? Well, it's because they have found a consent-based community and they can explore their fantasies. They have people who have their back, who are happy to help, and they can go there. So this month I'm doing a collaboration with the Bonobo Network, one of the largest sex party communities in California. And I went to them on Memorial Day. I hosted a retreat there. and as I listened to the stories, I thought people should hear these, not just bonobos, but everyone. So I picked a number of their stories and asked one of their co-founders to tell a story. So, we are going to have an evening of hell yes stories on Friday, July twenty second. I mean, these stories are going to inspire you. Some people feel like we're starting to come to the tail end of the pandemic and the world's opening up. And if you're one of those people, and you're looking to make up for those two to three years of lost time, this is the show for you. You can watch it on live stream, or you can be there in person. We've got reserved general seating, and we've got live stream tickets. The link is in the show notes. And if you were watching the live stream or in person last month, you would see that I added a new feature to the shows, which is applause titty sponsors. My applause titty bra was destroyed. It was never meant to bear that sort of load. I mean, my girls weigh a lot. So I had a sponsor buy me a new bra and i've figured out a system i now have a registry at a revelation and fit in oakland i picked out a bunch of applause city bras and you can be an applause city sponsor if you like if you're there in person i will put you on stage i will teach you the secrets of motorboating firsthand and for that month that you're a sponsor my tits will be named after you you want to know the name of my tits right now my tits are called Red Bear and Michael. Red Bear, of course, is the one on the right. Because they flew in from LA and requested a motorboat on stage in front of everyone. Here's the even better news. If you become a sponsor before July 22nd, My Applause Titties can be named whatever you decide to name them for not just that month, but the following month, because there is no show in August. So get it in now. The first one who buys the Applause city Bra is the person who's going to get motorboated and who gets to name my boobs. If you've got questions, and I bet you do, I'm at bodystorytelling at gmail.com. Meanwhile, get your tickets because you're going to want to be there when I beat the crap out of somebody's face on stage with my boobs. I know you do. When she moved back to her hometown, Gia never expected to run into Jack. But when she sees him at the local dive bar, she finds herself drawn to him all over again. Wanna know what happens next? Or maybe you wanna know a whole lot more. Check out this sexy story and more on Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Find stories about that intriguing coworker with a British accent, or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. Hear the sexy voices of Sarunas J. Jackson, ER Fightmaster, Luke Cook, and many others in stories like you've never heard before. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories. It's your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner. And for listeners of the Body Storytelling Podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Dixie. You heard that right. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Dixie. Go there right now. That's dipsystories.com slash Dixie. I know you're ready for a story. This is one that was told a couple of years before the pandemic in San Francisco. Kind of amazed I've never put it on the podcast yet. I'm just gonna use the stage introduction to let you know more about the storyteller. It'll become self-evident in a minute. But if you've ever wondered about what happens behind the scenes at Comic-Con, here you go. So we have a first time storyteller here tonight. Just like you, they've been in the audience many times, but they are finally going to get on stage and tell you a story. So their day job is they are a comic book writer and artist. They Beloved by children the world over. Did you hear the word children? Children the world over, which means they're performing under a fake name like any superhero does. First time on this stage, I want you to break this building in half. Please welcome to the stage, Bruce Wang.
2: (laughs) Hi. I I can't believe I'm going to tell this story. Um... So I get this phone call from my friend Elaine one day, uh, out of the blue, I hadn't uh, seen her in two years. Uh, She had fallen in love with this super pervy Australian guy and moved down under, um, (laughs) um, and was very happy for a while, but then she came back, uh, tail between her legs, divorced, heartbroken, and not very social. Um, But I get this phone call and she's like, Bruce, I need you to help me. I need to get my mojo back. Are you going to Comic-Con? <laughs> uh, well, yes, I was actually. Uh, now, uh, Elaine is this uh, little uh, half Chinese tomboy who uh, dresses like a skater and calls everybody dude. Uh, we don't look like we match at all, um, but uh, we have this connection. You know, we met a long, long time ago on tribe.net. If you don't remember Tribe.net. Uh, before uh, Facebook and, and uh, you know, FetLife, Tribe was where, uh, you know, nerds and uh, perverts and Burning Man people networked and found each other. Um, and Elaine belonged to, you know, the Star Trek tribe and the X-Men tribe and the anal play tribe. And so, you know, we meshed. Uh, I'm, you know, I, you may not know it to look at me, but I'm a huge nerd. Um, I'm actually a professional, as you as you've just heard. Um, I've been to Comic-Con 23 times in the last 25 years, and I'm going back this summer. I'm a lifer, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to notice that there's this huge interconnecting between, you know, nerds and perverts. Um, You know, we're both people that grew up feeling like who we were and what uh, we loved, uh, that we could be judged for that. So um, we need safe spaces to be ourselves. And for me, Comic-Con was that, uh, you know, and then later all the other cons, and then later, of course, I found the you know, sex parties. But Comic-Con was this place where, you know, you know, whether it be like, you know, obscure Star Trek novels that you'd never read before, or like, you know, that super hot, Harry Draco porn art uh, that, you know, just turns your crank. It's a place that you go to reaffirm who you are. But it's also a place, if you're, you know, adventurous, to find new things and new experiences. Um, that may redefine who you are, and I love it for both of those things. And I've noticed that being a pervert kind of works the same way. For me, Elaine was kind of, you know, my comfort food. We'd get together for some light BDSM and some heavy ass play, and um, you know, uh, we just had this deep connection. Um, but this time, we get together. We're having sushi, and she's saying. Oh no, you don't understand, Uh, in Australia, I have found whole new frontiers of perversion. So baby, I need to get my mojo back so it's gonna get nasty. (laughs) I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know, I don't know what she's talking about, but I'm ready. (laughs) Um, Problem was, we had no place to do it. Um, You know, Comic-Con gets uh, really, really crowded and she's staying in a hostel and I'm staying in my uh, hotel with my editor and my editor's husband, and they're already in bed because they have to work my publisher's uh, booth the next morning. So we're kind of out of luck. You know, we're, working, we're trying to figure things out, and we're just like, what, what are we gonna do? You know, And I'm getting depressed, and I'm getting drunk, and I have to pee, and, I, you know, I have to, and it's time to pay the bill and get the hell out of here. And so I put down my credit card, and I get up, and Elaine grabs me and says, no, 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 no. Here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna pay this bill. We're gonna get out of here. We're gonna find a deserted alleyway. I'm gonna get on my knees, and you're gonna piss in my face. Um, now, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm, 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 you know, a dirty pervert. You know, I, I own, I own a flogger, and I know my way around it. I have some pretty decent hemp rope. Um, I know where the G spot is, and I can make it do tricks. And I, you know, and I love the ass play, but I have never done anything like that. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for something like this, but she drags me out the door and we look around and we realize Comic-Con is, you know, like the streets of San Diego are packed with people, uh, packed with nerds, like, Wolverine t-shirt wearing mouth breathers taking photographs of Doctor Who making out with Catwoman while you know stormtroopers are pretending to direct traffic move along move along and you know bible thumpers are shouting at us that we're all going to go to hell and Deadpool is everywhere annoying everybody Deadpool is like the drunk Santa of Comic-Con <laughs> you know I hate that guy I don't get it I don't get it Um, now, okay, so uh, there's really no hope of finding a, a deserted alleyway, and I'm picturing, you know, the possibility of, you know, 18-year-old squirrel girl coming around a corner, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and finding me hosing down my day behind a dumpster. <laughs> scarred for life, scarred for life, and it's no, that's a, I can't do that. Okay, so here's the thing. If I were to be honest, if I were to tell you that I've never fantasized about doing something like this, I'd be lying. I mean, you know, dirty stuff goes and goes in here, but it was never something I'd ever considered doing in real life. I wasn't going to ask anybody to do that, you know, especially not to satisfy my curiosity, whether I'd like it or not. And um, you know, uh, and I never, in a million years, thought that anybody would ask, let alone demand that I do it to them. You know, I just assumed it was going to stay in the background, like, you know, you know, incest play or, or, you know, sex with a, a super hot centaur guy from the Old Spice commercial, you know. It happens in your head, and that's it. <laughs> um, but, you know, she's just like, oh, no, dude, we're doing this. So she's all giggles and dimples and, you know, boyish charm and, you know, and she's like, okay, where where are we going to do it? And i really got to go. So the only thing I think of is right behind the Comic-Con convention center uh, is this waterfront that's usually pretty deserted. There's nothing going on out there. Nobody's there. So we go out there and I realize how fucking exposed it is. There's like no cover except over here. There's a fenced off area. So we go and investigate. And I look between the fences and there are these four huge black hulking shapes with tarps over them. They're Batmobiles. <laughs> and, you know, there's no way I'm going to get caught. I mean, I, you know, the image of, you know, bending you know, Elaine over the tumbler's wheels and, you know, giving her, you know, some hard justice, like, it just sounds magical, <laughs> but there's no way. So moving on, you know, the, it's got to be under guard, right? So moving on. You know we traverse the length of the convention center um, and there's a uh, there's nothing, there's nothing and then we spot it a lone, bright blue porta potty gleaming under <laughs> under and I'm like, oh my God, are we gonna do this and Elaine's like, <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> and she drags me in and you know our suspicions were confirmed it's actually spotless it had just been put there, and the teeming masses of nerds have not discovered it yet, so it's pristine, not for long, says Elaine, and pulls me inside. We shut in, the door is shut, and I'm alone with her, and she yanks my pants down, and I feel her lips wrap around my cock. And she's like, piss piss on me, baby, piss in my mouth. And I realize that I'm rock hard at this point, which means I can't pee. (laughs) So I'm scrambling to, like, you know, how do I get this... How do I get this erection to go away? And I'm thinking about, like, you know, how much tax I owe next year and <laughs> shit like that. And, you know, and finally I get the, you know, I, I, the anxiety and I manage to chill out a little and just managed to go down just enough to, like, get, you know, kind of a flow going. And it's, and I, it's happening. I'm, it's fucking happening. I'm actually pissing in this hot girl's mouth and she's into it. And... I, you know, but, I, but I can't see and I can't feel anything because all I can feel is pressure in my bladder and, like, and I'm missing it. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? I'm going to pull out my phone and I'm going to see what's going on down there. And I see Elaine's serene face, you know, uh, gently sucking on my peeing cock. And she realizes that I'm watching, so she opens her mouth to show how full it is. And then she swallows and... You know, yeah, it's gross, and I got really hard again. <laughs> and so there was no, no helping us, so she's like... It's cool, dude. Fuck me. So the so I'm imagining at this point the uh, you know the porta potty is now banging and rocking and like making all this noise. Anybody within sixty yards knows what's going on in there. And I'm imagining Squirrel Girl again, like watching in horror her innocence shattered. And I'm like, yeah, this doesn't feel that cool. You know, I'm I'm you know I'm no stranger to uh, kinky salon. Uh, or, and other sex parties, and I love you know freaking out, kinksters, you know, because my you know because my date has got her face buried in my ass and giving me a deep rim job, and it's all great. Uh, but you know when it's an innocent bystander, it's a whole different deal. Um, so I'm I'm kind of I can't come. Um, and so we kind of stumble out all sweaty and tired and like neither of us have come. And, you know, but we could both use a bathroom break and a drink. And I kiss Elaine. It tastes like the floor of a men's room. And it's kind of gross that it's kind of hot. And, you know, next thing I know, I wash up. And she, you know, does a bird bath with her still pissing her hair. And she's ordering a drink. And I end up, you know, talking to some, you know, tech nerd, you know, you know, comic nerds about, you know, whatever we talk about. You know, comfort, comfort stuff. You know, yeah, you know, if, like, if it was up to me, it would be just go Dazzler with her own movie, right? Yeah. And, and I look over, and Elaine's talking to this super hot delirium chick with purple and, you know, purple and green hair, and, you know, the next thing I know, they're making out, and she comes over, she hands me my beer, and she's like, yeah, we're going to go upstairs. And I'm like, does she know that it's... Have fun. You need some company? And the uh, delirium girl's like... Dude, I, it's cool, man. I like to work alone, <laughs> and I'm relieved because I've had enough. You know, I've had enough new experiences that night. I'm kind of like I'm kind of over it, um, and I'm happy because Elaine got her mojo back, um, and me, I got this new experience I never thought I'd have. And just telling this story, you know, kind of has oddly opened up the gate for other lovers to say, you know, I'm kind of into that if you're willing. I, I, I'd try that. Um, so, you know, new horizons have been uncovered. And here I am um, with this new experience that might have redefined me. You know, as a nerd, we grow up feeling a little bit ashamed of who we are and what, what we love. And it's a, a lot like being a per- in the same way as being a pervert. And so coming to respect me for me is a lifelong process. Um, and, you know, it's, it's comfortable to stay in that safe space of the things that I've gotten used to loving, but it's nice to take a bite of that mystery sushi and maybe discover that, you know, maybe there's a new favorite flavor, or at least something that I might want on the menu.
1: Thank you. Something has changed your distant and aloof. Ever since the last time I landed on your roof And I may not feel the same kind of pain But with these two blue x-ray eyes I'm to you, Lois Lane Ugh. How dare you Cheat on me with Aquaman How could you God damn it, I am Superman. Well lately you've been washy-wishy, and I could sense something was fishy. And if he wore a rubber that was made out of blubber, and won't protect you from crabs. How dare you cheat on me with Aquaman? Oh, so it's not Aquaman, huh? Well, he has a very limited skill set, so I'm not surprised by that. Oh, wait a minute, Lois. I know who it is. How dare you cheat on me with Batman? How could you? God damn it, I'm Superman. Is it the money or that enormous vein that runs through the cock of that bastard Bruce Wayne? The knob you've been slobbing belongs to Boy Robin. He keeps in that creepy ass cave. How dare you cheat on me with Batman? Fine. So I I knew it was not Batman. Alfred would have told me. What about Catwoman? That was a fight. You walked in on a fight. I fight crime. I was wearing my cape. OK, sometimes I would like to keep the cape on, but that's besides the point. Oh, I know who it is. How dare you cheat on me with a flash? How could you? Seriously, how do you possibly keep up with that guy? Oh, there won't be time to be turned on Any chance of foreplay is fleeting and gone they will be coming and going and coming and going and coming and going and Oh How dare you cheat on me with the Flash Okay, forward. so it's not the Flash Is it, a uh, Green Hornet? Uh, Green Lantern? No Swamp Thing. Okay, so, it's none of the green guys. I'm not being racist. I have lots of green friends. Like the Hulk. Okay, I know you're not into that whole brooding type and he's in the Marvel universe anyway, so that doesn't, oh, no, 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 Louis. That has everything to do with it. You, You know what? Let me just back up here for a second. Oh. What about that guy you work with? Courteous gent, he's polite. He's really nice. You know that guy, Clark Kent. Oh, don't oh, you think he's gay? No, no, no. I can assure you, Lois, he's not gay. No, it doesn't matter how I know that. But, but what? You, what? Someone? You, someone's here. You're expecting someone? Oh, oh, I see. You know what? Let them in. Yeah, I can handle it. I'm Superman. I can handle it. Let them in. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I, I see. You're leaving me for Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's no wonder how cool is Wonder Woman. Well, she roped you in with her lasso and now I feel like an asshole. Sorry I've been so rude. I'm changing my whole attitude. I'll go the cave of solitude oh. <laughs> Cause I'm mad. Now I'm super sad
0: man Does anybody have Catwoman's number? That song was Trouble in Metropolis by our very own Jefferson Berge. Your support for body storytelling on Patreon has changed my life. And I want to say thank you if you're a current patron. I'm still producing monthly live shows and live streams and a weekly award-winning podcast despite a financially devastating couple of years. And it's all thanks to my Patreon supporters. I know you've heard me talk about it, but do you know what Patreon is? It's a membership platform that makes it easy for creators to keep creating. What would your life look like if Body hadn't become a podcast than a live stream? Would you miss it if it went away? Well, you can ensure that that doesn't happen. If you're not a Patreon supporter yet, it's really easy to sign up. And for just a few bucks a month, you can help me reach more people with our unique sex positive stories, messages, and education. I want everyone to have access to this sort of acceptance and love that people find at Body. It's essential that we reach people wherever they are, and we can do that through a podcast and our live streams. We want you to know that whoever you are, wherever you are, and whomever you love, you're not wrong. You should be celebrated, and there's a place for you. It's here with us. For the 15 plus years I've been doing body, I've made my entire living off ticket sales to live events. The pandemic changed everything for me. And body would be a thing of the past if not for the monthly help I get on Patreon. And I need help. Body's gone from a live show with an occasional YouTube video to a live event, live streams, storytelling workshops, weekly podcast, and I have plans for even more. We've done a lot of live streams, both on Zoom and of our live shows. And do you know where those live stream replays live? They're on Patreon. That's the only place you can get it. So you'll have access to not just the upcoming Body Livestream, but all the past live streams too. If you sign up at the $10 a month level or greater right now, you can get a free live stream ticket to our next show, One of Us, on July 22nd. And you get that every month. Joining now means that you want this life-changing mission of self-love, knowledge, and empathy to flourish and grow. Thanks for listening and go to patreo slash body right now to become a member. Well, that's our time for this week. But before I go, I want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Joe Moore, Ruben Tan, Donal Mooney, and podcast producer Roman Den I'm sexual folklorist Dixie De La Tour. This has been episode 233 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening. A big, a big love.